Welcome to the AJHP podcast series. The American Journal of Health System Pharmacy is the official journal of the American Society of Health System Pharmacists, an association of pharmacists committed to helping patients make the best use of medications. For more information about AJHP, please visit www.ajhp.org. This is William Zelmer, a contributing editor of the American Journal of Health System Pharmacy. The journal is featuring a series of interviews related to the publication of the proceedings of the Pharmacy Practice Model Summit, which was an important event in the Pharmacy Practice Model Initiative of ASHP and the ASHP Foundation. That initiative is designed to focus the efforts of health system pharmacists much more sharply on helping patients and patient care teams make the best use of medicines. This interview in the series is with Dr. Rita Shane, who is Director of Pharmacy Services at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center, Los Angeles, and Assistant Dean Clinical Pharmacy for the School of Pharmacy at the University of California at San Francisco. Rita was the author of a briefing paper at the summit, and which appears as part of the proceedings of the summit, dealing with the critical requirements for health system pharmacy practice models as based on the evidence, what the evidence shows. And that'll be the focus of our discussion here. So Rita, let's get right into this. Thank you for agreeing to this interview. And let me ask, when we consider optimal practice models in health system pharmacy that help ensure safe and appropriate use of medicines, to what extent can we be guided by objective evidence as opposed to anecdotes and opinions? Well, Bill, I think it's actually a very positive reflection on the progression of our practice in pharmacy that there is a fair amount of literature uh, demonstrating the value of pharmacists in a number of practice settings. So I think there is strong evidence. And in addition to that, there are a number of professional organizations, probably as a result of this evidence, that also support the role of the pharmacists in ensuring the safe and appropriate use of medicines. Um, organizations such as the American College of Physicians, the Society for Critical Care Medicine, Society of Hospital Medicine, just, just to name a few. And I think the other component of evidence, which I, which I believe we could consider as evidence, is the level of adoption of practices and health systems that, that are often shared through both professional publications as well as professional organizational presentations. Well, if we think of um, the uh, research evidence specifically, uh, in your assessment, what elements of pharmacy practice models are supported by the strongest evidence related to the effect that they have on uh, positive patient outcomes? I think the work that's been done to demonstrate the pharmacist role in direct patient care, the decentral pharmacist, which is the term we often use in the pharmacy profession, probably is the strongest. And it spans across a number of different areas. The publications are not just limited to those we see in our own pharmacy literature, but in the medical literature as well. So, for example, um, the pharmacist's role in medicine teams, in the ICU, in transplantation, oncology, pediatrics, the, the high-risk populations as well as the general med surge population have had a fair amount of work done demonstrating the pharmacist's role. Other aspects where we see evidence include supportive roles of technicians in tech, 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 where there's been positive evidence demonstrating safety associated with that practice, work in the area of antimicrobial management. And I think what is the most interesting to look at, especially as we look at the future with healthcare reform, is the work that demonstrates pharmacist positive impact on patient outcomes across the continuum of care. And certainly the Society of Hospital 
Medicines Boost Program, which is focusing on the high-risk patient population, particularly with respect to elderly adults and um, transitions of care, I think is going to give us a lot more opportunities to demonstrate our positive role. Well, that's an impressive list you gave us. If we think about uh, future research on the effect of pharmacists on health outcomes, what types of studies or research questions do you believe should be given priority because maybe the evidence uh, is currently lacking in some areas or not sufficiently strong? I've got a few that I thought of, but I just forgot one other source of evidence, which actually has more recently been shared, and it has to do with the HRSA Patient Safety and Clinical Pharmacy Service Collaborative, also focuses on the continuum of care, and I'm really excited to see some of the work that they're doing that will, I think, demonstrate of additional opportunities for pharmacists taking care of uh, patients in our communities. So back to the research question. I think that the profession needs to embrace and really think about research in the area of what are pharmacy-sensitive indicators, what are improved patient outcomes associated with pharmacy services. I think the nursing profession has done an amazing amount of work in this regard and, and has been very well accepted nationally in terms of the indicators that have been developed. And their work began in the 90s, and I think that we could learn a lot from the work that they've done. And I think that this is something that is long overdue for our pharmacy as a profession in order to define us and to really identify where the priorities are for the practice that we provide in ensuring the safe use of medicines for our patients. The other area I think that's really something that food for thought is the concept of developing a medication safety index, which would essentially provide a threshold for pharmacist evaluation of patients. And I, I look at this not just in our acute care settings, but across the continuum of care. It may be based on specific patient populations, such as the elderly, which I've alluded to, the number of medications, or even the types of medications. The recent AHRQ paper that uh, looked at data demonstrating adverse events that result in hospitalization certainly point to key medications where a pharmacist should be integrally involved in, in the care of the patient to avoid those adverse events. Other areas I think about, certainly with accountable care organizations, is where does the pharmacist provide the most value in terms of reducing ED, emergency department visits, and uh, hospitalized admissions. And one thing I thought about is yet another opportunity would be to partner with a health plan, perhaps, and have a pharmacist involved almost as a case manager in looking at patients who have a history of frequent ED visits or admissions and or who have a significant number of medications and high-cost medications such as chronic biologics, having a pharmacist serve as a case manager and reviewing those patients' medications on a periodic basis might demonstrate some significant improvements in patient outcomes. Rita, and just thinking about the very comprehensive briefing paper you prepared for the summit, nationwide, what do you think are the biggest challenges in aligning our profession more closely with needed improvements in the use of medicines, particularly, especially in hospitals and health systems? Well, I think the first thing we need to do is define what our patient care priorities are. I think healthcare providers need to know what to expect from pharmacists in terms of our patient care role beyond um, our drug product distribution function. And I think that that's an area we need to really work on as a profession. Um, so that organizationally at the health system executive level and across the organization, the other providers know what pharmacists' roles are in, in terms of patient-centered care. I think we have some significant scope of practice challenges. That's an area that hopefully we'll be able to continue to work towards. The summit identified that pharmacists should have prescriptive authority, and I think that's something we need to pursue to really differentiate our role and to be able to um, indelibly imprint the pharmacist's function and health systems. 
Certainly the um, challenges that we experience as information technology evolves in, in terms of its impact on our day-to-day -day workflows is a challenge that we continue to um, work with. I think that those organizations such as my own, which are implementing these systems, are identifying that um, one of the unintended consequences is the complex workflows that evolve and that actually sometimes take our clinical staff away from patient care functions. Clearly, we need pharmacists who have the knowledge and skills to not only operate these technologies, but to understand how to ensure that um, the workflows and the integration of the medication use technology provides the support for the drug dispensing processes and, and doesn't take away resources that are needed to ensure that we can provide direct patient care. I think sometimes our regulatory bodies still look at that as our primary function as opposed to our, our role with respect to um, preventing adverse events and improving quality for our patients. So along those lines, I also think that we need to look at our scope of practice, um, especially as there are competition for resources, which is part of the reason I think one of our challenges is, is looking at how we, we move forward in terms of being able to have prescriptive authority. And perhaps some demonstration projects could be done in that regard with the Research Foundation or um, other avenues to really look at the benefits of having a pharmacist with advanced skills involved in those sorts of direct patient care activities. Rita, we know that there are some health system pharmacists, particularly outside of the larger institutions, outside of academic medical centers, that are struggling with the concept of pharmacist responsibility and accountability for the outcomes of medication use. What do you think are the key steps that need to be taken to move in this direction in pharmacy departments where the primary focus is still on drug product preparation and distribution. Well, you know, it's interesting. On, on the one hand, one tends to think that academic medical centers have it all. But yet, in looking at some of the practice models that were highlighted uh, even on the ASHP website, there are a number of smaller organizations that have made significant progress beyond drug product preparation and distribution. I think there are a number of reasons for that. One is leadership, clearly having individuals who are passionate and inspired about the opportunities of, that we have um, in terms of, of the care of our patients. Uh, the other is recognizing that, that every program starts with small steps. Uh, even in my own experience here early on, even though we're a large academic type organization, it wasn't that that the care teams or, or, or traditionally physicians and nurses were demanding that pharmacists be more involved in direct patient care. We had to create those expectations. And I think the same is true of any organization, regardless of its size or structure. So I think the first step is to create the expectations and to start small through through pilot programs that are based on the priorities of that particular organization. Smaller organizations still have patients who need pharmacists to ensure the safety and quality of the medication um, use process. And so even starting with uh, whether it's anticoagulation monitoring or antimicrobial stewardship, because antimicrobial use is ubiquitous in, in all organizations, one could foresee that a hospital outside an academic setting could start by having um, a pharmacist spend a few hours a week in a specific function working methodically with teams at identifying where the pharmacist can provide value, or it could be an elderly population. So I think the opportunities are there. It's having the passion and creating the expectations, I think, that are, in my mind, the prerequisites to moving outside of the traditional roles um, that we've played.
passion and creating expectations. Very good answer. Thank you, Rita. Well, Rita, um, this concludes our discussion. I really appreciate the time you've given me to uh, uh, elaborate on some of the thoughts you have in your briefing paper for, that was prepared for the uh, Pharmacy Practice Model Summit, a uh, paper on critical requirements for health system pharmacy practice models that achieve optimal use of medicines. This is William Zelmer, AJHP contributing editor, with a part of a series of interviews that coincide with the publication of the proceedings of the summit. That concludes this podcast. For more information, please visit www.ajhp.org.